Welcome to Forever Exile, the Path of Exile podcast. I am Justin, aka Tags. And I'm Tyler, Record of Days. You know, okay, this is episode 51. Thank you for being here. We're going to have a talk in a minute, but we literally <laughs> just spoke about you and how you do the most craziest dynamic ways of speaking. And again, you thought that was a nice way of saying it, and you still did it right. The very first thing you said. But at least it's right at the beginning, so you can edit it easily. I'm going to compress the crap out of it, and you're just going to hear. <laughs> oh, episode 51. So I should lean back, is what you're saying? I should lean back. Uh, you know what? I mean, just talk as little as possible, maybe. That, go with that. Okay, it's episode 51. This is great. So we had an awesome 50. Thank yeah. you, Camille, again, for joining us. That was a weird whole week, though, because when we recorded and when we got it out and we still wanted to do an after dark which was a lot of fun but now we're catching up on content and so oh, yeah it was fun though so awesome great great so episode. awesome yes yeah, so now we have like two weeks worth of stuff to catch up on i know it means i have to talk to you for so much longer <laughs> uh this is actually going to be a fun episode too because we have a, a special guest joining us which they'll probably already see it in the description but uh, yeah, later in the episode, we're going to be joined to talk about racing. You know, the thing that you and I are, we're pretty big into. We know. <laughs> yeah, we, we understand the scene. You got racing questions, you come to us. That's, That's how right. it goes. You got to get to this place first and then get one of those <laughs> items. That's right. But get it quickly. Anyway, yeah. uh, but first, a quick thank you to all of our patrons out there for supporting the podcast. Hopefully enjoying After Dark as well, which we're having a blast with. Uh, after Dark is our After the Podcast podcast. <laughs> where we talk about POE and yammer like old ladies. Uh, if you want to find more about our Patreon, After Dark and other goodies we have with each tier, check out the show notes below or you can find the link at uh, foreverexile.com. You guys are all awesome. Word. So how was your week? Let's get into it. We haven't, I mean, we have spoken. It's not like we only talk to each other during the podcast. I mean, we try to, but. Actually, that's not true. If we don't play POE together. We don't speak. We just WhatsApp. We do WhatsApp. And the a only lot. time we actually speak in person, per That's se, true. is for the podcast. How was your week, though? I had an awesome week. Yeah, I had an awesome week. Am I going first? I'm going first. Please do. I had a really good. Week. It was it was a normal week. Like the kids went to school, wife went to work. I you know did my chores as fast as I could so I could try and get in maybe an hour of POE before I had to go pick the kids up from school again. It was it was sweet. But my son, while I was playing. Or maybe I had a video up. I forget what I was doing. But he was like, he came up to me while POE was on the TV. And he's like, oh, I know that music. That's the clown music from the mystery box, right? He recognized yeah. the mystery box music from my hideout because it's so nice. intense and awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm raising my kids right. This is sweet. But then well, I forget if it was today or yesterday. He comes home from kindergarten and he's like telling, talking to me about this girl that he plays with all the time. And he's like, I was telling her about Dark Souls. And how great Dark Souls is. And I'm like, oh no. And he's like, yeah. And he and and I know that Dark Souls isn't good for kids. And I told her that. But I also said that my dad lets me watch as much as I want anyways. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. This is backfiring. <laughs> I was That's really awesome. excited. But now he's spreading the news. But, and then um, our, uh, our, our plumbing fell apart. So. Hmm? My my wife went to go just take apart one of the um, sink drains from one of the bathrooms, just you know yeah. clean it out, right, and then put it back together. P trap. Well, yeah. So anyway, we uh, the people that owned this place before us, 
did just did their own do-it-yourself fixes. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of them were, I don't know, picture like really old elastics and falling apart duct tape type of stuff. Like some stuff was just there temporarily and then it just lasted 10 or 20 years, however long it was. So we realized that our sink, our main bathroom sink was like hanging on by a thread of glue. It wasn't even like twisted on or anything. There was nothing. And thank goodness that we didn't have any leaks at all. So anyway, we actually went out and bought new, uh, we, who am I kidding? She, she went out and bought yep. new, yeah, new, new, all the new pipes and everything like that. And so she rebuilt everything underneath and, uh, she built the pipes from scratch. But Dang. anyway, so what turned out, what was supposed to be a half hour cleaning ended up being, uh, a, a six hour repair job of fun. Well, we don't have all the tools for it, right? We you should ask me. In, we used to be in, okay. well, no, we're not. No, Come no. on. Okay. Yeah. Hey, just you have this. Hey, just you have this. Yes, I do. But I know, I know you do. Come and get it. Um, we didn't have everything perfect for it, so we yep. did about three or four trips to Home Depot, just making sure, oh, like, so okay, fun. we have this. Oh, then we forgot. But it's good because now we have it. Now the next sink we take. And now apart, you have it. So now you have it's it. Cra- <laughs> Man, that's like the only good part of the fourth season of Arrested Development, hey? Yeah. Now you so have good. it. But anyway, so yeah, we had a we had a plumbing day to day. We she, but I was supportive and I held stuff High sometimes. Fives? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. counts. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was a it was a good week. Tell me about your week. Uh what did we do? My my oldest turned 19, so that was a little weird. <sighs> Happy birthday. Yep. So he turned 19. And then uh what else? Oh. I had to go get a COVID test, which mm-hmm. we, so what happened, you see what happened was, <laughs> so I says to the guy, my, my five-year-old, almost six-year-old, she woke up in the morning with a fever and she had febrile seizures when she was young. So fevers, yes. you know, this whole deal too. Uh, yeah, my son has that. fevers happened. are a big deal. You just got to make sure you keep on top of them. Usually by five or six, they hopefully will grow it. So we're getting close to that point now anyway, but, uh, she had aches as well now my argument here is i don't <laughs> think you ever already have, arguing we don't even know what you're talking about. i don't think you've ever I, I think you always have aches when you have a fever i just feel like they go hand in hand like your body tends to ache when you have a fever okay well those are considered two individual you know symptoms and i feel like they should just be one uh and it just so happened that on that same day i was feeling quite achy and my my throat was bugging me now my wonderful wife called 811, which mm-hmm. is our, you know, nurse hotline. I don't know what they have in the States. I Hopefully they have something yeah, like not, it because it is the actually emergency really line. Yeah, it's not our emergency line. It's the it, it gets you in contact with nurses line. and they yeah. give you advice and they help you out. It is actually really good, but they are very anal right now about COVID. And so like if you're like, I, you know, something I, my nose was a little running there. God, test, go get tested. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't matter what you say. You're always right. going to get tested. And we just got open up about like now everybody can get tested if they want to. And that's just a, maybe a month old, not even in our region. I, well, a couple I, of weeks, maybe th- this particular one that I got to go through was amazing. So they now the test was not, but the process was they the uh, I wasn't going to say I wasn't going to take like my five year old to get tested by herself. So I'm like, whatever, we'll just both get tested, make sure that everything's fine. And uh, it, we this was at nine ten in the morning and we could book as soon as nine thirty like 20 minutes from that time, which is crazy because a lot of other people have been having to wait like two, three days before they could go and get a test. Uh, so anyway, we went uh, at 10 in the morning, 
drove straight in. It's like a literal drive-in. Oh, cool. Testing spot. So I filled out the stuff and we had practiced with my daughter, like how to gargle because they have a liquid version for kids between five and 17. And if you can gargle, then you don't have to do anything with the nose. No way. Really? Yeah. And so we practiced with her on how to gargle uh, before we left because I was like, well, I'd rather her do that than the nose thing. So we get there and I fill out the paperwork and the ladies like the nurse, they were awesome. The nurses were great, but she's like, um, okay, well, you, you, let's do you first and just pull your mask down, tilt your head back. And she pulls this like, it's a Q-tip that should not exist. It's like six, <laughs> it's like six inches long, right? And she says, do you have a better side? And I'm like, well, actually I broke my nose. So the right side's probably better. You know, I don't want you jabbing anything when you're trying to get up there, but there were twice, two times that I thought she was as far as she would go and she went further. <laughs> like of this piece, man, I'm not kidding. She, she's holding on to like an inch. The rest is in Ooh. my head. Like, Touching your eyeball? It instantly started to burn. Whatever she, wherever it eventually stopped, my, it just started to burn a lot. And my right eyeball just gushed. Like it started oh. gushing. And I'm, my daughter's yeah. in the back and I'm like, she can't see this because if she can't gargle, they're going to have to do the nose thing to her. <laughs> I got to make it seem like this is fine. So the lady counts down for five, pulls it out. I'm like just dripping. And I'm like trying to wipe my eye without my daughter seeing my face. And yeah, yeah. she says, okay, you bring her out and we'll sit down. And so they give her the gargle stuff. And we had taught her how to gargle, you know, like look up and whatever yeah, yeah. the noise is. But you actually have to swish and then gargle and swish and then gargle. And so I tried to explain to her as we were driving there, like how to swish okay. something in your mouth. And, you know, you do the like back and forth with your cheeks. She, she, they put it in her and all I see is her mouth going up and down as she's like trying to swish. And I'm thinking, oh God, don't let that water come out. Because they put five mils in, you got to get two mils out or you, they have to do the nose thing. And okay. so she did it. They spit it out. She oh, got like good. four in there. As I'm putting her back in the car, I said to the nurse, I'm like, do you guys actually do that? What you did to me, to little kids? Like I would have to pin her down for that. And the nurse starts laughing. She's like, no. For kids, we actually use a, we use a Q-tip, but we only have to swipe. It's like this far into the nose. They just yeah. like go into the nose a bit on both sides and that's good enough. I'm like, the hell? <laughs> what did you need to go to the back of my brain for if you could have yeah. got that right in the front? Also, I know how to gargle. Give me that. <laughs> like, give me that stuff. It's ridiculous. <gasps> anyway, hilarious. so we did that and then they, they quarant they tell you, oh, you have to stay away from everyone until you have your results. And so... My wife takes that very seriously. So my yeah, daughter and I were quarantined to our master bedroom for two days. We just watched movies, played board games and existed that's in awesome. that room. And then within 48 hours, we had a negative result. So shocking because yeah, we woke sweet. up the next morning totally fine. And I was pissed. <laughs> I was so mad. I actually said to my wife, I'm like, I better have it. Like I had to go through that <laughs> nonsense into my head. I freaking better have it. But anyway, that's awesome. My uh, my daughter had to have the uh, the nose one. Yeah, I, didn't I want even the kid know that version. Swishing was was an option. It, it's was new. An option. And but she's a champ. She like when she gets her blood taken, she's like staring at the blood and excited and loving it. My son's the kind of guy where you got to pin him down with like eight nurses. Well, you told me that story about your daughter, and so I was like, "Well, this should be not a big deal." And then as this thing's going further back, I'm like, "What the hell?" And so then when she tells me <laughs> later that the kid version is like this different one, I'm like, "That's not yeah, fair." Yeah. Two inches. That's not fair. So, you know, um, my history, how I got the crap kicked out of me at one of my previous jobs and I had like yep. nose, broken nose and surgery and all that kind of stuff. I, I know your, I know your nose pain of how far back that goes, mm -hmm. but 
I, I'm, I am, I'm just guessing, but I'm, I'm assuming it's concussion stuff. I forgot how to gargle. I used to gargle like mouthwash all the time, right? Like I'd brush my teeth, do whatever. And then before I go out, instead of brushing my teeth eight times a day, I would brush it, you know, three or four times a day. And then I would just gargle whenever I'm going out. One day I started choking on the gargle. I couldn't do it. And it's been like four years. I haven't been able to figure out how to gargle since. <laughs> That's not something you tell people. That doesn't make any sense at all. No, how can you does. not gargle? It's, not like, it's not like I walk around. If you meet someone that doesn't know how to gargle, you're like, oh, I was going to ask you over for coffee. But How would you ever know? Nobody would ever yeah. tell you that. Well, no, it's like, hi. I <laughs> Don't worry, gargle. I can gargle. I can gargle. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not weird. I'm but normal. I'm normal. It's every time. And I'm like, I am frustrated because it's so more, much more convenient to gargle. And I'm like, I'm trying and every time I, I kind of want to watch you try to gargle now. <laughs> oh, it's like a choke fest. And I'm oh, like, oh, that's going to be amazing. It oh, it's anyway. I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. You got COVID. I'm sorry. You died. Yeah. I, uh, I did actually get some time to go out and do lawn work. So I was like, well, frick then I'll just go outside. <laughs> and uh, so I did some lawn work, but because of being locked in there and you know she's going to bed at like 7 30 sitting in my room like this is not happy i'm not happy i'm doing okay. work for my room my room i didn't like it at all you played poe mobile it just came out right i certainly did not <sighs> i didn't touch poe for like three days because of this stupid thing but we had thanksgiving uh obviously on the weekend which again thank god i tested negative because i was like oh jesus like if, if all of a sudden I'm positive, we just had a ton of people over to our, not a ton, actually. It was, it was my brother and my wife's sister's family and my parents. <laughs> That's like 40 and, and like four of the people. No, there were like 10 people. <laughs> there were 10 people. All right. All right. But we had talked, when we talked to Camille, we were talking, this wasn't part of the podcast, but we were talking about different video games and things that he had played. And he, he was going on about the last, uh, last of us. Yeah, he loved it. And one and two. And I had said, yeah, I'd heard great things. I, my brother borrowed my PS4 to play it. And it just so happened he came back for when he came over for Thanksgiving, he brought my PS4 over. And I was like, oh, I feel like this is a sign that maybe I should, you know, get The Last of Us. So it was a good excuse for me to hook up the PS4. And I started playing Last of Us, which I don't want to get into the details of. But let me just say a couple things first off. PS4, PS3, I don't know if Xbox does stuff like this, but for me to play Last of Us, I couldn't just buy the game online through playstation i had to sign up for their playstation i think it's called like playstation now or something it's like the equivalent of the xbox live thing okay but then it doesn't download the game onto my system it makes me stream the game while i'm playing it now i have gigabit internet and i still multiple times as i'm like turning will get frames oh you didn't have frames really but i have i i was hardwired in i actually have hardwire up in my my bedroom and so I, it made me kind of pissed off i was like this is a ps3 game running on a gigabit connection and but it was on a ps4 right yeah ps3 game on, on a, a PS4. ps4 yeah and it was just the sony network let me download the game that's really dumb but the game is i texted my brother right off the bat i will not say anything about it because i'm excited i'm really enjoying the fact that i'm going in blind the the first cutscene, i texted my brother i'm like what the hell what is going on with this game? And it is a game where there's no chill. There's no safe spot. There's no like, hey, you just hang out here. It's literally go through craziness. You get a cool cutscene, story goes, and then it's just right into the next thing. And I was like, I was not ready for it. But anyway, it's been awesome. I'm going to hopefully get through one and two of that in my off time. Shadow of the Colossus would have been the PS4 game I would have put in right away. Just can't get enough of that. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll play it together on PS5. 
It's a lizard's head, though. Ah, uh, maybe. If they come out with a, a different version that Demon doesn't have Souls lizards to level up. PlayStation 5. That's what we're playing. All right, so let's get into PoE. I want to know how your week was PoE related. And we're going to briefly, as we talk about our own PoE week, we'll talk about Heist. But we have a lot to talk about with Heist. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a long episode. And you're welcome. So this week, my divinity buddy, or my my buddies actually just coincidentally all, all canceled on me. My divinity buddy canceled, my Dark Souls buddy canceled, and our schedules because of, you know, anniversary and getting sick, this, that, and other thing, they didn't line up either. So I got, I got a lot of POE time. We even played together once after you were feeling better, which is really nice. So I got a lot of time in and I got to play my guides a lot. I got to, I put in some good PC time as well. I think I got in two sessions. So I, I just had a lot of fun. So I got some good heist and standard time. Now, here's the thing though. I swear they increased the explosion rate of porcupines again. Like remember it was 100% and everybody freaked out. So then they lowered it to what, 70% or something like that. I, th- I think it's back to 100% because they were wrecking me. I explode them. Oh, 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 but they still, they still kill. They still kill. Anyway. Did you die to them? No. Do you ever feel like sometimes you run into the pot porcupines like quills? Sometimes I feel like I, like an idiot actually just moved in front of them and then die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the characters that don't have huge physical damage mitigation, those are, those are rough. I just, I know I've seen sometimes where my character is moving like this and the quills <laughs> are going like this. And for some reason I move up. And then right, right into, right into it. it. Yeah. Yep. But I have to say, I have had so much fun switching between my characters because zombies and golems are now persistent. Like they made they they made specters persistent a few leagues ago, and I mean that's awesome. Amazing. Ta- the, the most annoying skill in the world. Yep, especially if it's one. yeah, a very specific one, of course, because. You know, only champs use cast and damage taken with specters. Zombies seems unnecessary. <laughs> oh my goodness. Zombies and golems. It just made it so nice. I don't have to summon 10 zombies every time I switch. But I was going through and I was getting my last ascendancy or my last, yeah, my fourth ascendancy for my um, animate weapon occultist. And oh my goodness, I'm going through. And it was actually kind of rough. I was having a hard time. It was just one of those layouts that just wasn't good for the build. And so I was always running around with three animate weapons instead of, what was it, 11 or 12 at the time? Yep. Anyway, I have never in my life gotten an enchantment that was relevant to any of my builds. Nobody does. No, but I got an enchantment that was legitimate for animate weapon. The Uber version or the Merciless? The Merciless. So I got the 30% duration, which it wasn't the one I wanted, but I'm going to pretend sure. that it was because I was so it's excited. It's still that animated weapon, who cares? One. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I actually got it. The the level four helmet version. It was awesome. I've never in my life. So now I have to use that helmet no matter what. Else. But it was on a bone helmet with Get high out. 90 life. Ah, You said. So, was this on console? Golden. Yes, I noticed you streaming it a lot. I was like, no, nah, I'm not watching. Thanks for saying hi. <laughs> but anyway, it was awesome. I actually got it. So because I'm never I never redo labs. If I don't get it my first try, I don't care. I don't care what it is. Unless I have like elemental equilibrium and my enchantment screws over elemental equilibrium, I'm not getting another one. I'm so angry. 
I hate labs. You like labs? I know you do. Uh, you had a lab farmer, but goodness me, they suck. The thing is, you can make a lab farmer and you're still totally reliant on that day being a good layout. Because there are some that it doesn't even matter if you're a lab runner. They're like, no, this is not worth it. <laughs> totally. How, how about you? Your POE week. You got some time in once you started feeling better. Once I started feeling better I, and I played a lot. It was awesome. I was working again the same way as before. Working on this screen, playing on this screen. I don't remember when we last talked up about our builds. I'm my I'm done with my uh my totem build. I sold everything, made a bunch of currency, and started playing uh Blade Vortex. I wanted something that made things explode, and I've never played with the explodey chest. So I wanted to go the explodey chest route. And it has been amazing. Good. Yeah, I have had oh now. So listen, I know that this is going to go, we're going to talk about more about heist. And I know that this goes against what Reddit says. And I know that this goes against what a lot of other people are saying right now. And again, we're going to talk more about this, but I, heist has been friggin' a blast. Knock on wood. I haven't been affected by nearly any of the stuff everybody's complaining about. I didn't have issues with crashing when you and I played. I think you crashed once or twice. I had three crashes when you were with, when we were with you and three before you signed on. I've never crashed in a heist ever. I've crashed twice in maps. I have had unique contracts drop for me, which I know is a real big issue with people saying that they're, you know, all the way up to 95, 96 and they've not got, I've had two unique contracts drop. I've had the storyline contracts drop. So I've actually gotten to see some of the, the storyline, the stuff that happens with the characters, which is actually quite interesting. And my drops have been friggin' like stupid, I, like really, really good drops that I've been able to sell. I, I do want to talk about all the stuff coming up, but I, it's been awesome for me. Like it's hard for me. We've had this talk before about like, you know, league launches specifically. I think we talk league launches, but leagues in general have a different effect on different people based on how they work for you, whether you're crashing, whether the skills you want to use are working. Like there are some issues all the time. This league has been way worse for that, but when it doesn't affect you, I'm having a great time. I, there's nothing I can point out where I'm like, this is causing a problem for me. And I, and I did go on Reddit this week, so we're going to talk some more about that too. But You did? I thought you were staying off Reddit, you dirty monkey. I don't remember why I did. And I, and I immediately regretted it, but I, I actually wanted to get a feel for like, just how angry are people? <laughs> <laughs> So what did, what did you write? Like, so anybody else loving this league or? I didn't write anything. I w- will say the one thing that was quite different for me this league, which I have not done. I can't honestly think of how long it's been since I've played this way, but I play with the mini map now big so that it's not up in the top right corner. It's actually my, you do that in front of my screen. this league or you've always done that? I've never, I haven't done that for leagues like from since, but I, I want to say it's actually been as far back as when I used to play fast builds, like quite consistently. And because this blade makes me feel really slow, <laughs> this blade vortex build, my goal was to be really fast for heists and explodey and whatever. So I need that map. Like it, I can't play with it in the top right corner because heists suck for like, you know, you have to know where you're going. You have to know how to get out. You have to know where you're going to you know, which chests you're going to. And those heists are like, they're very maze-like. Not, They're not really a maze, but it's almost like... You can screw yourself going in the wrong direction. Right. And it almost is like they do it on purpose. Like where the if you actually go this route, it's going to be a dead end. 
and it's a waste of your time because there's nothing there. So I have to keep that. It's a, I can't think of a league. I can't think of how long ago it was where I played with the minimap actually overlaid. I don't even look at what's happening. I literally hit my flasks and I run based on that map and I wait for sounds. I built my own filter. I mean, oh. off of filter blade, but uh, changed all the sounds, did everything. And so now I literally just run until I hear a sound. I'm like, oh, where's that? Run. <laughs> where's that? All I do. So, so you're picking up your transmutes, right? Alterations. Good Lord. We're going to talk about that later, but <laughs> goodness sakes. You know, for me, I actually think um, I have other points that we'll likely get to later, but I actually think though the overall intent of the league is good and I was super excited for this league, there's a lot of things that don't make sense with this league. And for me, the minimap, like you said, is one of them. Like I'm constantly having to look at the minimap, but I'm constantly facing shotgun damage and I'm constantly facing never-ending waves of enemies. And to me, if I have to stare at the minimap and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the best player in the world, but there's thousands of players no, you're that are pretty just close. like me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go with top thousand and one. But no, it, there's a lot of players that are like me and I have to check the minimap. But I can't like fight and do everything at the same time. That's why I play zombie builds because I can't multitask and stay alive and check where I'm going all at the same time. It's a horrible league for me in this regard. It's like I half the half of my deaths are because I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. I think the hardest part with regards to that is the exit because you can take your time. You can chill as you're going through, figure out what chest you're going to get. How high is it going to remove your alert level? Go back and get ones if you've missed them because your alert level is low enough. But then when you get that last item, it's like, yeah, you're you're just running like and quite often if you're not paying attention, you're probably not going in the right direction. And it's not like you've killed everything because guess what? There's more guys. That's right. Now, I got to say, though, you can go slow. You don't have to go fast through that stuff. And I found the slower I go, the safer I am with my build and my play style. So, but I, I get into it. Like, I see these you waves feel like coming. You need I, to, yeah. Right. Like, maybe it's like you are right. Actually, that's a crazing good point. Camille. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you hear the music and I'm, ah! you're like fire your hair's on fire. And I think when he was talking about that, because there's the three tiers and then there's the alert level and i was like yeah that's when it scares the crap out of you and he's like i can't remember what he what the word was that he used for it it was more like an excitement and i was like no no i poop like i gotta get out i just got a really good item and i need to get the heck out of here i'm not like ooh, fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i can't tell you how many times when we were playing that i died to um Tyler isms, I guess. Like I'm looking at the map for one. Hey Ty, hey Ty, you're going the wrong way. Oh really? Let me bring up the map in. Oh. And then all of a sudden, my speakers explode with like the noise <laughs> of drops. There was we had like a moment together where you were streaming, we were playing together, we were running out, and this was shotgun damage was still a very big issue. And I ran through a door and instantly got shotgun, instantly dead all of my stuff. And I started to laugh. And Tyler was running right behind me. And I'm trying to say to him, oh, there's a couple good items. Like, pick these up. And he's like, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to do this. He's like looking around. And then you can see I'm watching on his stream as he's like trying to focus on items while not dying. And within about half a second, just everything explodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like those deaths. And my, my kid has been like, you know, Ethan's been flipping out about some of the deaths in Heist. Shotgun? Uh, shotgun or just anything, right? Like sometimes you just get overwhelmed. And so you just 
you, you know, you, maybe you're, it's too close to your level or whatever. I found I've gotten really good at just going, okay, all right, <laughs> release. I got to do it again because I, I, I hate dying, but I also know like everything on that screen right there is gone. There's nothing I can do. So I'm just going to run the next one because it is what it is. It is a weird kind of fun to see everything you've lost. It's like, it's the version of hardcore I can handle. This is the hardcore I can handle. Yeah. It's just, oh, wow. That's a lot of blessed orbs. Okay. But guess what? You hit the button and you're still alive. At least you're not starting over because I couldn't do that. That would not be like, oh, <laughs> no big deal. Let's just do that again. Anyway, that was a really, really funny death. It, was. it had me laughing really hard. So let's get into this week in POE. Let's let last two weeks of POE, kind of. Yeah, kind of. We're going to touch on two different patches. Uh, we'll quickly go a couple things. And I actually really want to talk to you about this one. So the most recent post from GGG was the new hideouts and stash tab sale, whatever. Uh, more importantly than all of that, though, if you look at that post and scroll to the bottom <laughs> in a little bit of text. Uh, the bottom of the say, post, not yeah, the, not the, the bottom of the post. post. So go past all the videos. Yeah. And then go past the first paragraph. And then the second paragraph, it says that Camille was on Forever Exiled and there's a link. And so that was pretty cool. But let's, I have a question for you. What? what did you think of these hideouts? Can't I talk about us being on the thing? What? Okay, go for it. What do you want to say? That was amazing <laughs> because I didn't even know it was going to happen. I didn't know you were talking to people and stuff. And yeah, I, I oh, messaged back goodness. about it. And then so like I'm looking, I'm like, oh, cool hideouts oh neat and then at the bottom i'm like what oh that's awesome. yeah, you messaged me you're like, like did I you read that- it <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know you knew anyway i'm like like there's like a bottom of six videos and i'm like i'm, I'm not expecting text at the bottom i'm just expecting like uh here's where you can buy them and then it was us i was like oh man i felt like uh anyway yeah no it was awesome but to answer uh, what do you think exciting. about this hideouts? i didn't i didn't i wasn't expecting it at all it's so cool it was and cool. um, the hideouts actually, I think, are really awesome. I know there's a huge explosion about people that are for some reason super pissed about them. Sure, and I, I, I guess I get where they're coming from, but I think this is an amazing thing that GGG has done, and I'm really surprised it's taken what seven years to do. These basically, just in case you don't check their store or their announcements very often, GGG hasn't. They've released what six hideouts with just basically a base text it's just a ground and the ground is water or the ground is like glacier ice or foresty or whatever Mm -hmm. and so they have their their six different base types but there's no like default walls there's no predetermined barriers so hideout creators can go absolutely nuts i think it's awesome i think 14 bucks for a base tile is really lame i think maybe five bucks i'm never gonna buy one at 15 bucks or what is it 1450 but um, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Uh, m- my opinion is I think they're terrible, but I also don't care. Like the thing that cracks me up about all this. Now, first off, if anybody does go look through that post, go to like page 12. Cause I, I put a post in there. It was like, hideout, schmideouts, check out this part. And I re re <laughs> wrote what, what Bex wrote, but I, you know, some of them are really bad. Like they just don't look great, especially the water or the, uh, ice one. Uh, the glacial one. I think the water actually looks really cool. In the end, though, it's a friggin' MTX. Don't buy it. I like it's so weird to me that people get so animated and worked up. Like, okay, yeah, they're not for everybody. They certainly are not for everybody. This is for like crazy creative people. 
Yeah. They want to build their own thing and now they have a flat layout to do it. I think they should be half that price, but yeah, don't buy it. Like I don't like them. I will certainly not buy any, maybe the water only if somebody else designs something cool on the water and I can steal it, <laughs> but don't buy it. I just, so it's so weird. Like the argument that people are saying is like, Oh, it's just a copy paste. Doesn't look great. Fine. Don't buy it. Like, would you rather they spent more time on these hideouts and made them super graphically great? Or would you rather them fix some of the dumb stuff that's happening in heist? Just don't buy it. If you don't like it, I don't understand why that's so hard. Now there was a hilarious video. I don't know specifically which one, if it's one of those particular hideout videos, but it's the one that was promoted through it. I think it was through their Twitter. It is one of the worst videos they have ever put together for promoting like hideouts and MTX. Did you watch it? It shows somebody sorting their inventory and then randomly zoomed out pictures of an, uh, of a plain hideout ground with just like a waypoint and a chest. And then it goes back to somebody sorting their inventory. It feels like a mistake. I was like, what, what are they, what are they selling? Mm. I couldn't figure it out. So, but I, I don't like them, but I also just won't buy it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are really pissed though, because this league has been very glitchy. And so people are really pissed that they're coming out with all of this extra stuff while there's stuff that still needs to be fixed and there's still big issues. And I, there's just a lot of people that don't get that the people that make these hideouts aren't fixing your bugs. Right. They're not the bug fixers. They're not they're, the coders, yeah, the developers. <laughs> that's like, right. Yeah. They're, they're, it's totally different. Like you have the people that are trying to fix the game. They're fixing the game. Yeah. Like you might not like the league. You might not like the bugs. Okay. But it's, it's they, they don't have people like they don't have artists fixing your skill. They have artists doing artist things. And I feel like, GGG is very much aware of the fact that when they push out something like this, while people are pissy, they're probably not selling a lot. Like they're aware of what they're doing. And as if you as a player are so hell bent on not liking it because of whether you just don't like it or because you don't like the game state right now, don't buy it. Don't don't pay the money. That's exactly it. This is a $14.50 thing that just looks bare. But a hideout creator, they're like, Oh my goodness, this is exactly what I've been dreaming of. I've this is totally worth 15 bucks. I'm going in because they can do anything they want at any time. And it's totally worth it to them. The GGG's not caring about what people that don't like these think about it. This is specifically for people. And that's why the price is probably what it is too, because this is gonna stay for years. And so the reception sucks, but who cares? In three months. No one's going to care except for the people that love this kind of stuff and the sales are going to be normal. Yeah. The thing that's weird, a little bit weird to me is for things like Glacial Expanse and uh, literally all of them except maybe the water and maybe you can do it with water is you could do all this with the, what's the Nebula one that I have? The, the oh, one that's just yeah, all yeah. the sky. Like you could literally right. build these in that hideout. You're just, yeah. you're going to lose out on like, I don't know, 50 tiles that you're allowed to use, right? Because you're limited to 750 or whatever the total is. Yeah. Uh, but I just think uh, GGG can come out with whatever they want. And if you as a player are pissy because you don't like the look of it or are pissy because the game's not in the state that you want it to be in, don't support them. Don't buy the stash tab. Don't buy the hideout and wait till something comes out that you do like or the game's working better. Like, what, <laughs> you don't need to have 12 pages of individuals going, I don't like it. This is stupid. <laughs> like, okay, that just seems so dumb. Go do something else. 
listen to our interview with Camille. Yeah, <laughs> do it, do it. But they came out with one of the coolest things that's ever happened ever, in the wow. history of the game. Oh, God. Don't you think? It's piratey. Well, but you're all, as soon as I saw it and somebody put it in Discord, I was like, great. <laughs> Tyler's not going to shut up about this. Arr, <laughs> they yeah. came out with stash, stab, tash, stab. Can you say it? Stash tab skins. It was a bundle, yeah. Yeah, for your guild. That's really rocking that they put a lot of effort into your guild stash tab and your normal, not stash tab, but your stash, your actual like chest that opens up in your hideout. You can change how it looks. Now it looks like a treasure chest with all this gold in it. It's cool when you open it up. I I got it when we were playing just to see how it looked. It does look cool. I saw uh, there's a guy who makes like crazy hideouts and does crazy stuff. Uh, Derek, it's like D-E-R-R-O-K. And he showed a great stash tab where he just used the normal one and put like jewels or like a a gem almost looking thing in it and it was actually kind of clever because it's like well that's actually pretty cool too because now you can just open your stuff <laughs> but anyway yeah they did come out with the bear graves version of it that's not a signal for more piratey stuff right that's just it yeah it's happening man my pirate minions are coming so they did a community showcase and that's always just like random stuff yep right like did us. you did you look at it can you can you just open that link and scroll down to Tibbs? Oh, that's a cool necro one though. <laughs> Tibbs my favorite one. Out. Tibbs is hanging out in a bathtub, ba- bubble bathtub, and he's got yeah, pizza. he's got his little bench over top of him so he can have his beer and his pizza and he's just chilling. He's like I ah. love that he's got like the flasks around yeah. him, like real flasks. Anyway, they had some great art. And a lot of them are really good too. Oh yeah, they're the awesome guys in there. Oh, and there was a video as well. But yeah, they they had a fun showcase thing. Let's get into the patches. So let's jump Please. a little bit back. So we're gonna do three point twelve point three. We're obviously, in, you know, this is kind of old news for everybody. We get it. We want to talk about some of the stuff that stood out to us. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna ask you this. It actually this actually coincides to twelve three and twelve four, and it's actually been a weird. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they did it. I'm curious if it's on purpose or not, but. 3.12.3 and 3.12.4 saw the release of quest lines that will lead you to some of the endgame bosses for heist. Now, my assumption is that this is because they were behind. They didn't have it finished. It wasn't ready for release. And so they're having to release it later. The, do you think? So what was it? They, they just they enabled quest lines? Yeah, enabled quest lines that led toward the twins and the Nashta, the usurper heist boss encounters. That was in point three. And in point four, it was enabled the quest line that leads towards the Friedrich Terolo slave merchant boss encounter. I can see once you've released a few quest lines, why you delay other ones, because you want to make sure that it's working properly before you release all of them. Like that in terms of a quality assurance timeline makes sense. But I I don't I can't think of one time where there's ever been quest line or boss encounters that were released post launch. Never. I can't ever think of. I mean, not like we would know for sure, but yeah, no. I, I can't. I mean, one big difference for us is you and I are both not the like heavy hardcore player that hits the end game and and experiences all that boss stuff right away. But no, I I just got my first trinket. That was pretty exciting. I don't I don't think I've ever experienced a league where the bosses for the league 
were not released with the league release. And so for me and you don't care, I'm not going to get to it, but I am a little bugged. Like you're, I don't know that I like the idea of them gating quest lines behind release dates that are further than the release of the league for what if, yeah. What if this was the league that you decided to, to go heavy step to, yeah, to go nuts. You took off a month, whatever you had a sabbatical, I don't know, whatever it was. And this was the league. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, got to go back to work next week. Hey, now you can fight the bosses. Yeah. I just, I'm, I, I'm trying to understand, like my only assumption is because they weren't ready for 312. And I think a lot of heist issues shows that they weren't ready for 312, but this kind of, to me goes, yeah, they were not ready for everything that came with heist. And so they're trying to release them in in more controlled ways. I don't like it though. I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't if, I mean, like you said, it doesn't, it's never totally doesn't apply to me, but that kind of stuff is something where it doesn't instill. Now, like you said, they probably did it with good intentions. You don't want to release too much that's unproperly tested or not ready to go, or there's more core content within the league that needs to be fine-tuned. Okay, I, I get that. You're putting, you're prioritizing the more important aspects, sure. But it does tamper down our confidence for other releases coming forward, right? Like... When you're coming up with a league, you've got to consider the entire league and and release it, right? Like we've we've talked about this. I and in my apologies to people, I don't remember what I've discussed on whether it's after dark or normal episodes, but I, I've talked about this from my personal standpoint many times. Where when you know your schedule and it's a three month schedule, you got to do what you can do in three months and do it well. You don't come up with like a six month plan or five month plan and then try and cram it into three months because it's a great idea. Like well, you just we knew have they, to, this was more than three months though. He was hyping it up in three eleven. Right. Really, it was so. supposed to be three eleven, but it needed yeah. more time. So it's and clearly been around for a while. And it is a huge expansion. They've never taken on something like this followers and huge amounts of rogues and all these NPCs. And yeah, like two times more gems. Yeah, unique that's true. base types, unique replicas, or I guess replica uniques is, but you know, I'm using unique in the normal English term. Like it's, it's, it's huge. Like if I was part of QA, if I was quality assurance and I'm testing this, I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to try these skills. Yeah, I'm screwed. And uh, yeah, like good luck. But anyway, I, to, to answer your question, I don't like it but I'm trust they did it for a good reason, but I hope they never do it again. I think they did it entirely because they were behind and it was their way to just release them in a more, I don't know, reasonable for them to manage fashion. Because can you imagine you release two bosses and you're in the same Cyrus issue you were in, you know, leagues ago where it's not working. And not only that, but GGG is like, I don't know what the word is. It's not positive, but they're in a bad spot because you're trying to balance a game while you're balancing games that can't run like it's not like they're just fighting one front they have like a large range of issues to fix and i mean they're trying but i don't know i they need to just chill their tits and come up with like an easy <laughs> league you know what i mean i love it when you say that but yes no they i 100 just give a I, chill league we've mentioned many times give us a nothing league. I know it's going to hurt them financially. Like this is a, from a fan standpoint, not a business standpoint, but give us a chill league. Just do your thing. 
let's just, we'll play the same game for six months instead of three months. That's fine. Like take away a league, do, I don't know, do something and just fix, just fix. But I mean, they have POE2 coming and that's going to fix all our problems. Oh, I swear to God, if I hear that again, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I say it every episode. Too. I know, just to piss me off. I feel like they just keep like going, well, we did this. How do we beat that? Ooh, we could do this. And, and I feel like from their standpoint, they need to just step back and be like, hey guys, remember when we did that? Like we added essences and we added like, <laughs> I mean, even prophecies, like they were simple leagues. They weren't like these insane leagues that were just over the top, adding crazy stuff to it. Anyway, and people loved it. Yeah. I, I just think let's just calm down a little bit. Anyway, my only other thing for the 3.12.3 one, and we'll get into yours in a sec was that they reduce the number of heist job doors along the path to the primary objective. That is bullshit. I do not believe them. They have <laughs> you, not they decreased doors. doors. Oh my God. No, they did not. Maybe there were so many doors, but now there's still too many. But maybe before there was like 30 and now there's 10. When you're leaving, sometimes it's a 90 degree turn between two locked doors. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's so annoying. I just, I hate the fact that things come back together. Piss off. I want everything to be deception. I broke it. It stays gone. Deception never comes back. Don't even freaking get me started on perception. Those dumb alert totems. Yeah, they fix them. Seriously, the now. dumbest thing in the game. Like it's a <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom game. Even if you're slow, it's a zoom, zoom, zoom game. And then you add these things that you're supposed to stop. Yeah. And wait for them to go. Yeah. It's so dumb. Okay. Right, now go. Oh, no. okay, Did you separate so anyway, yours by? By I three? didn't separate okay. them by patch. So how about I just go? I'm going to try and go fast because yeah, we got I don't want to you to push any of my subjects later. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. So I have confirmation, not really confirmation, but I have confirmation that GGG listens to this podcast now because Camille told to us this he bug does. fix. What? Camille told us he does. Yeah, I know. Hi, Camille. Listen to this, this, this. Hi. Hey, 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 hey. Fixed a bug where the Val Temple map displayed an incorrect atlas region and was required that. to unlock a favorite map slot in Valdo's Rest. Oh my goodness, I can finally get favorites in Valdo's Rest. Except this is the league where I screwed up how I used my, um, what's it called, legacy maps? Yeah, but so nobody I didn't cares about do standard. the full standard unlock. So I actually don't have my favorites unlocked for Valdo's Rest yet. And I would have been able to. But anyway confirmation sure that we're the best have you noticed that the higher tier heists are a decent length now or are they still too long for you i saw that they shortened them that wasn't relevant they're not that short some of them are still long whatever less doors you talked about xp i don't remember if it's we talked way about it better or not. higher tier it's not great for leveling you like the decision but you hate knee-jerk reactions yes i i, I love that they've done it because i've been able to actually level in heist which amazing i just wish it was there from the get-go and wasn't like a, oh everybody cried we should do it i can't stand how much this league has changed can i just say though it i it just i think the only reason it bugs me is because it came on the heels of multiple ones it was like we don't like this okay we'll change it we don't like yeah. this okay we'll change it but that's literally been this whole league to me never ever ever come out with another enemy that doesn't give you xp this is an arpg it's poe like we want our xp or we want to lose our XP, but we want something to do with losing or gaining XP. Like enemies that don't have XP, dumb idea. Never do it again. Come up with something that revolves around people earning XP. Uh, let's see. So <sighs> crashes, crashes, crashes. Now, 
Congratulations, PlayStation 4 people. It's, it's made up. Hey, there are <laughs> PS4 folks out there and they need a good pat on the back. They've been patient. Is it actually and working? And if you didn't move on, yes, people can play for longer than an hour now. And so congratulations to you all. I hope you enjoy the league. It's just starting. And you know what? You came on a side good note. You this is a great time to start because <laughs> now for the most part, all the decision making's done. It's just bug fixes from this point forward. You're coming in at the most stable part of the league. So I hope you have a good time. Getting to the most stable part. I don't think we're there yet. But anyway. Did you hear that Einhart captures beasts? That's <laughs> people exciting. Were, hey? People were flipping their minds for like a two hour window when a patch came out and all of a sudden Einhart f- refused to throw his nets. And people flipped. And I mean, it was fixed actually really fast, but I, it was hilarious. I saw it in discord. I thought it was funny. I just love the idea of somebody running through a map. Like what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what though, with minions, like for example, my zombies, they don't stop attacking the thing until it's actually completely captured because it's not technically dead. The game, how it, however it is, they do their coding. The zombies are attacking it, even though it's in the net. For that three seconds or whatever that duration is, they're nah, 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 until Einhart says his piece. So I can imagine how irritating it would be for some builds. Now, they increase the range that you can move away from your rogue allies. They've also, within these last two weeks, done a lot of rogue updates for your followers. I call them followers because that's what they are. Um, have you noticed improvements with you? Oh my God, the range that you is so much better. Like you used to. If you got just a tiny bit away from them, they'd all of a sudden stop doing it, which was really, really dumb. Given that you can't stop moving when you're trying to leave heist, it's very hard to stop moving because you might just die. One thing that I did think was funny, though, this is just what I heard. I didn't experience because I didn't play minions, but one of the fixes was to make the AI for the rogues less aggressive so that they weren't always because they'd be attacking at a door while you're waiting for them to come and unlock something. Apparently, that change also affected minions for players and made minions actually less aggressive for like summoned minions i guess it was fixed but i thought that was funny i'm gonna use that that's why i died a lot that's why yeah yeah that's right now here's the thing though if if you make video games if you're ever going to make a video game here's something i learned a long time ago from was it fable 2 or fable 3 and then there was uh, like there were a lot of other games that came out with followers after that, you know, NPCs, you're leading around and doing stuff. If you're going to have a, a follower in your game, you have to nail it or don't do it at all. They don't need to attack. Just make them stick on my butt. I agree. These ones shouldn't do anything. They shouldn't do anything but unlock doors. You shouldn't even need to click on the door. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Yes, you do, because then the damage comes through. Seriously, though, like when your game has to revolve around the follower, it's an annoying game. Like Path of Exile is amazing. I don't want to babysit. And if I have to babysit, even if it's for a week, it friggin sucks. If you're ever going to make a game that has followers, they have to be almost non-existent outside of dialogue. You have to nail the follower or just don't do it. And I think they screwed it up or taken too long to to get it at least appropriate. Anyway. Um, what else did, what else really stood out to me? Reduce the max range, which several heist monsters can use their skills that I've noticed. I've noticed like one of the things that I hate about this league and we'll get into it maybe later. I hope so is the shotgun damage in the league. And I've definitely noticed as somebody who doesn't have a build that just can go in the door and hit really hard for a million damage right away. 
um, because it's my minions and I'm dependent on them triggering and all that kind of stuff. If I phase, I have I have the opportunity to just um, quicksilver through enemies before they go. Like I have half a second before all the death comes. So I have noticed that. Have you? I, I don't die as much anymore because I do a lot of damage right at the door that explodes everybody. But I still have died to shotgun damage and I don't know how. Yeah. But it's better than it was. One thing that they fixed that I thought was hilarious was a bug where a curio display at the end of a grand heist could be empty. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so glad it never happened to me, but that made me, it made me laugh. I hope that was rare. I could see that being a bug. Like I can't it's get, at a can't rare get bug. pissed at that. It's at a rare bug, but I still think it would be funny to watch somebody that was like, gets to the end and there's nothing. Now, this is a, a general one. This isn't high specific, but I'm a curse freak. So this one really stood out to me. Removed curse immunity from additional monsters. Oh goodness. You mean it still exists? That sucks. That's not, now remember, that's not hexproof. That's curse immune including Azaro's gargoyles, portals, fonts, and totems. And goodness me, have I noticed it on totems, including totem bosses. The curses look cool now. I know that was something we were going to talk about later, but they do look really cool. Yeah, the new icons are awesome. See, got to change my tattoo now. The See, that's why you can't get tattoos, man. Then I'd have two temporal chains tattoos, one on each butt cheek. Like, this was 3.12. Here. <laughs> that's right i'm getting this one touched up with the birth date and the death date the passive tree window got uh touched a little bit now it opens in the exact same place that's cool okay i like it actually it's always really done that on console just for console convenience because it's a lot more you can't just click on stuff you have to like scroll through all the nodes so they've always done that so but i think that's cool and best fix of them all it's not even a fix it's just a quality of life feature they added more buttons to the dialogue options on console so now instead of just like x to sell y to check out your minds or your div cards now they have rb and lb and oh man they're flying man i can see console taking over in no time yeah that's pretty amazing now there were way too many fixes we're not going to go through all of them but one so there's a there's a craft that you can get onto your items for your rogues where it's a plus to level of all jobs. So you get like a plus one to level of all jobs. So you could have like a rogue that has six, five and four or something, whatever it is, but you can actually bump them up by one, which means you can use them more often. Uh, and they fixed it. So because it, it wasn't working, I am so curious how stuff like that passes. Like, how do you not make sure that that works? That seems like a really easy thing. Did you put it on the rogue? Did their level go up? It's weird to me. Like, I feel like that's something you would check out. I mean, there's a lot of things that are like that. But this one, I was like, I'm just curious. Did nobody go, well, we should make sure that their level goes up. It doesn't seem when it's 100% reproduced. Sorry, I call them repro rates. When you can reproduce it 100%, it's hard to excuse its existence unless it was a very specific line of improbable sequences to get that 100% reproduction rate. You know what I mean? Like if it was, if it was a bug where it was like, okay, with this keystone and this unique and with this uh, skill equipped, the game would always crash in this map. Okay. That's a hundred percent repro rate. That's excusable. You understand when it's just something like this guy equipped something with a mod that everybody wants and it never worked to reproduce that a hundred percent. And you didn't have to do anything else. You just had to equip it. You didn't have to like run a specific thing. You just had to put it on. I don't know. Just seems weird anyway now i mean we're assuming it's 100 percent repro from the how it's worded but 
It was. <laughs> of course it was. You, you, you know your, you know your things. Yeah, I tried them. They weren't working. Anyway, so that's, that's most of this week in POE, but we got lots to talk about heist related. So those lists are long, hey? Yep. There's a ton of fixes. Look, we didn't even talk about all the hot fixes. We didn't talk about all of the additional stuff. Like there is a lot of stuff they're trying to fix with heist. And I know everybody's in a pissy mood with regards to them. I think GGG went way too big with this league. I think they bit off way more than they were ready for. I don't think 312 was ready to be released. I'm still fine. The league has been fine for me. Like we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I'm not going to base my experience in heist on how your game is going. Yeah. I feel bad for people who are stuck getting like crashed. And I totally understand it. If I was in that spot and my game couldn't run, I would be pissed. I have been really lucky that there has not been anything in this league that I've been like, can't play. Yeah. So it's just different for me. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with liking it. Nothing wrong with hating it. Where are you at with it? I hate it. Like, I, and it's, it sucks. It sucks because I was really excited. I, I remember pacing back and forth in a Soyuz on my crappy like phone mic while we're getting all hyped up for the release of Heist. And we were finally excited for a sweet co-op game. And like that part's fun. But I actually, the, the very basics of it, I don't like. Like here, let me. Um, Are we going to be able to get through this list? Holy smokes, that's long. I really, I wrote a lot, hey? I really don't like heist. Huh. So here, I'll, I'll ignore my huge list and I'll just kind of say my, my, my main points. I love. Hold on. Before you say your whole list, can I just say your first point is the biggest, dumbest thing that GGG did. They hyped it up before 311. They <laughs> yeah, made it sound right. like 312 was going to be the savior of POE. It was going to be the most amazing league you've ever played. Don't ever hype up a league that's not coming out right now. And I don't think you should do it anyway until you know for sure that league is going to crush everything. Like, yeah, I feel like that was a really because they had everybody excited Super for 312. Stoked. Yeah. So maybe I hate it because my expectations were high. Sure. That, that could be it. And that's probably the point of that point. Here's the thing, though, and I appreciate the changes they make. I appreciate the improvements they make, but I hate, I, I don't mind fixes, but when it's only three months, constantly changing stuff sucks, right? It's not like it matters to me. I'm not crushing the game, like in terms of the league. I, I, I'm just going through and I'm playing it casually, but it drives me nuts just from someone who trusts the company where it's, oh, this does this. Oh, no, 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 now it does this. And then no, now this is happening. But here's why I don't like the league. And I was super excited for it. I love that. Now, basically, heist and grand heist are the same thing for the most part, right? You're going to, in each wing, right? A heist is just one wing. A grand heist is however many wings. You're going to your thing. And they all act the same, right? So, uh, except you maybe have three rogues instead of one. But you're going to. There's not infinite enemies. You can take your time if you want to. You can go slow. You're checking your map after you've killed enemies in a thing. You're like, okay, how many... Okay, I'm going to go get these special boxes. Okay, I have enough space, I think, for two more normal chests to open. Okay, now I'm going to go get the stuff. I like that style of it. I love being able to think about it and hope that my choices are worth the risk of the alert level. And, oh, I should have gone for this chest instead. Stupid son of a... And then I like getting the reward at the end. From that point forward, though, it sucks. And that's a big deal to me because nothing that I did up to that point matters. All that loot that I was spending all that time thinking about, it doesn't matter if I don't get out. 
Now, I'm not saying I don't get out. I actually survive almost every encounter. But the point is, is that from that point forward, I'm dealing with extremely annoying gameplay. Ever since they introduced 3.9, I think it was 3.9 where they introduced the new endgame with Cyrus and the four new conquerors instead of guardians and then the new influence types. Remember the new influenced mobs? One of the first things they changed, though it took months for them to change, was shotgun damage, right? But what do they do? They make this league 100% shotgun damage. It's just door upon door upon door with waves of enemies waiting for you and bang. Like there's nobody that actually likes that, but the whole league is about it. You have to tolerate it nonstop. There's no way you can't play the league and just not do shotgun damage. It's the primary method or technique that you have to revolve your gameplay around. And that sucks. And then there's the constant. Now, I love endless waves of enemies in a map, in, in when I'm doing a map. But when I'm doing a map like Race Course or I don't know anything but Mud Geyser, really, I'm fine. Like it's endless waves, it's endless waves, fine. But I'm, I can't go in a wrong direction. I can't screw myself by just keep moving around the map until everything's dead. In this, I have the shotgun damage that I'm worried about, but I'm also having to worry about my back. And I could be going in a direction that actually screws me and makes that first half of the heist that I actually enjoyed up until getting that stuff completely pointless if I don't get it. Like the whole experience to actually get what I wanted to get sucks. I don't know the fix to that though. No, it's just the design, right? You change the level layout. Okay. Maybe you don't have infinite waves of enemies. Okay. Do you, how do you change shotgun damage? Like these are decisions they make. And I mean, that comes with a plethora of other options and then decisions you make. It's not something we can really figure out here, but I don't like shotgun damage and I have to deal with it 20 times a heist. That sucks. I like, that's just not fun. It's nice when I get out, but I didn't enjoy the experience. So anyway, that's hopefully all those notes that I wrote said that. (laughs) <laughs> how about you do you do you i mean you said you're liking it i i like all of it they have improved shotgun damage like they're a lot more hesitant and yeah and i don't like how it works i i still think i wish that waves would come in from the sides as you entered a room or something i don't like that they're waiting there at a door i already went through i don't like guys coming you know rushing in from behind and all of a sudden i can't because you literally cannot stop moving in this in this heist and heist is very much like gives you the option almost to slow down and play a little different as you're going through it. And then it's like, Hey, now we got to light a fire under your ass on the way out because going out is nothing like what it was when you came in to get the items in the first place. So I I don't like that, but I love that it gives me an alternative to maps for Endgame because I'm actually doing both. I don't like what I'm seeing in the community with regards to how people are playing heist, but I get it. People will take advantage of something like there's, there's a lot of people that are copying a specific couple blueprints that are just all currency related and you can fracture it is it's actually really stupid you can fracture a blueprint okay so a blueprint that has been fully unlocked all the rooms have been unlocked everything it's all been paid for and you've got this blueprint that's ready to go you can fracture it which will make a copy of it and you can run it without having to pay any of those markers and so people are just fracturing these over and 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 just running the same blueprint over and over and over to pick up like I think it's like 17 currency chests in these heists wow but you know what in the end that doesn't affect how I play it might affect how I buy stuff because if you've looked in this league I know you don't buy stuff but prices are pretty silly for some stuff that's benefited me in some stuff but it's also 
it does hamper some, like if you're not getting a lot of time to play, man, you better hope you're getting good drops because there's not a ton of a market, you know, like it's weird right now. Cause an exalt is worth only 60 chaos, which I have, I can't even remember the last time it was like this and orb of alterations are worth a fortune because you need them to roll like everything. Yeah. So everybody, you know how Justin just like gives and gives and gives and gives and gives to me. He's very, very generous. Well, when I go to give and give and give and give to him, he's like, no, I'm not taking it. I'm buying it. I'm yeah, buying well, it. You yeah, need that's the right. Chaos. So, and, but he gave me like a billion chaos. Cause that's what they're worth. It's ridiculous. It's like five, it's like five alterations per chaos, which I can't even remember the last time it was like that. It's really, really expensive now. Uh, and alt and exalts only being worth 60 chaos. Like the market is just very bizarre and weird with all of this stuff going on, but I, that's not going to be a reason for me to not like, or like to like a, a league because I don't tend to, that's not my focus when I'm playing. I love going through the heist. I love the fact that I've gotten items that people for some reason are willing to spend ridiculous amounts of exalts to buy. I'll take it. I'll take your exalts and I'll go buy something I want for my build. And so anyway, I, I, I like heist. I don't like where GGG is at with heist. I think heist was way too much to, to, take on at once and i swear i really hope 3.13 is chill i hope it's like something that gives them a chance to i don't know catch up a little bit i'm not sure what the word is but no that's i'm 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 on board man i want those chill leagues you betcha fine-tune the game make it good then go big and i mean we love the game but Uh, and mostly because i want heist to go core i don't want heist to go i love heist i really enjoy the rogues i love the lore that's going on between them. I love, absolutely love the conversations. Like they are hold on to your butts and toodles. <laughs> like I love that stuff. I love that. I love that oh, there's Tibbs this. and gin. Oh man. Oh, they're so good. But I like that there's an alternative because right now I actually am going, do I want a map? Do I want a heist? Do I want a map? Do I want a heist? And I'm having to bounce back and forth because I'm not maintaining my markers because heists are still really expensive to, to uh, fully unlock. But I'm I actually I don't mind that my atlas is just progressing a little bit slower but I'm still having fun in the heist but again this is coming from somebody who does not crash who has not had issues with weird bugs my skills are all working fine I mean you suck but your skills are fine yeah now yeah yeah I hear you I think one thing that I think would I think one thing that what they think what they think would help is if they had leagues in their back pocket like just like low key leagues that we're ready to go just in case something didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like, what if the, like, here, here, let me give you an example. Um, I was watching NeverSync broadcast not too long ago and uh, just this week or last week. And he reminded all of his viewers that GGG is working really hard. Like, yeah, we're criticizing, we're criticizing the league for what it is. It's not a testament to their effort and by any means, but he reminded us that we're, they're working in a lockdown. And I'm like, oh, right. Oh, shoot. Now I feel like crap now. But at the same time, like, okay, if you know what's going on, COVID's kicking around. Sure, this might be all you've planned. But what if you had something small in your back pocket in case 312 just wasn't ready to go? Right. What if you had something you could throw in with just a couple weeks worth of testing to make sure that it still worked well? And off you go. Right. If you had a couple things in your back pocket that weren't as big then you don't have to, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like COVID's going around, going, going anywhere anytime soon, right? It's still just like it was when it started almost, it seems like anyway. Not like I would know and you can't hold me to it. But my point is, is if you, you might go in lockdown again, you might not. I think they are. 
Well, well, yeah, they went. I mean, their country went down and locked down for a second time. But what if it happens a third time, sure. a fourth time? Like, mm-hmm. if your ideas are always going to be big, and if lockdown's going to screw you, you know, start planning, thinking about. I don't know how it works. Maybe you can't. Maybe their system doesn't allow for you know backup leagues like that. But this this league would be a good testament to maybe consider the idea if it's not something they're rolling around. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's a tough spot to be in. It is. It is. So they made rogue the rogue area like the rogue harbor now be private which i like i like i don't want to see everybody else's stuff but they need to make it so that i can see my buffs and that i can apply my buffs and i can turn on my auras and i can see like it's really like hard hideout. yeah i i don't i feel like it's probably just an oversight and i i totally get it like there's all this other stuff going on and it because of the way it was initially brought into the game it was a safe place just like you know, a normal town so that you don't have that in there. But I hope that they change that because it's, I just want to see it. I need to know that my auras are on. I don't always, it happens often if I die that I just rush back in and then I'm like, Oh, I wonder why no damage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, there was a few times where I was, I died with you. I mean, I never die of course, but there was a few times that I died when we were playing together and I can't tell you how many times I remember myself saying, Oh, did that without my auras. Uh, did that? And yeah, you can check at the beginning, but the point is like when you're used to my habit is being in my hideout. I double check everything before I go into my portal, right? So it's the same thing. I double check stuff. Obviously, I'm not. But then the second I'm in, I'm moving. I'm looking at the map. I'm on my way. And yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've forgotten. It'd be cool if they did. I, I'm sure it will come. I do miss other people's MTX though. I do not. <laughs> I like my MTX. That's why I bought it. But I gotta say though, with all those MTX gone. Uh, I didn't know that there was a planning area door. I guess you had never <laughs> like, run a grand heist then. <laughs> no, I hadn't. I hadn't. But I have run quite a few now. I have no currency left for them. But um, because the areas were so busy before, I didn't even know that there was a door. Now there. you're actually exploring the Rogue Harbor. You're like, ooh, yeah, like, ooh this is nice. cool. I like nice. this area. Yeah. Now, here's one of my favorite, favorite things, though. And um, if if you're one of our long-term listeners, you'll you'll give me a little cheer for this one. But there's no clear meta build this league oh buddy no 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 no. like remember when there was one build right and then there was oh my goodness there's been a few leagues in the past where it was just like one build non-stop like the herald stacking buddy it's still there there's but it's not one it's an aura stacking build if you find a medium cluster jewel with six points and the percentage of non-curse aura effect and it's a tier, I think, I think it's like item level 83 or 84. It's like 17 exalts for a white version of that jewel. But all the media I'm seeing isn't obsessing about it. Maybe it's because there's my point. On like there's so right many now. people asking about different kinds of builds they can play. Whereas the leagues that I'm referring to and comparing about are, hey, how can I get this? Hey, how can I do this but for cheap? How can I? and it was just one build, one build, one build. Like and my phone come. was just exploding. I don't, I feel like so many people are exploring so many different builds. I look on POE Ninja and I see so many different cool things. I mean, Necromancer is still, for the most part, the the primary ascendancy, but it's still like, I'm, I'm loving that there's actually a little bit more, well, in my opinion, a lot more, in your opinion, barely any, but more parity between. I love that everybody wants to do this stacking build because I'm looking for those jewels and I am making exalts. I freaking love it. <laughs> I need to tell everybody something that I learned this week. And now I have, I have secretly wanted to know this. I want to say 
forever, but it's been a very long time. And I've never wanted to ask because I don't like to sound stupid. And I also I don't know why I never wanted to Google it just to look. But Google. I've watched people when they're playing and you'll see a streamer and they'll, you know, you hit P or whatever to bring up your skill tree. And I've always wondered, how did they just select that point and not have to uh, confirm the selection? You know, you have to select it and then you have to hit accept. And I was always like, how did they how did they select that point and then just leave the passive tree? I don't understand how they did that. You just need to control left click the point and it will automatically assign the point. That's like magic. Listen, now I can race. I'm a racer now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's all I need. Double X squared. Respect. Respect. What's that from? What's that called? Uh, Shark Those are the octopus. Right. Shark. 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 Yeah. Anyway, I think that's awesome. Control left click, instant passive point. Just be aware that uh, it it actually applies it right away. So if you didn't want to do it, you have <laughs> yeah. to regret it. <laughs> abort plan. Abort plan. I thought there'd be a confirmation. Right in the bug. Report. Right in the bug. <laughs> Take it to Reddit. <laughs> no, hey, you're learning this stuff. I had that enchantment happen that was relevant for the actual build I was playing. It's just meant to be. It's meant oh, to be. Oh my goodness. What this a, is what our a, league. What a, what a, what a, that's right. That's right. <laughs> friends of friends forever. So I, for the first time in my life, fought an enemy that had the wealth mod. But I noticed it had the wealth mod because that's how long the battle took. <laughs> That oh, because you actually got to see it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, never yeah. read those like, things. No, man. But it was it was a beefy. Was, was it, wasn't, it was good? just a normal rare. It just appeared out of nowhere. But it was like it was taking forever. I'm like, wait, wait, Beyond didn't roll on this map. What did what what? Anyway, it just had the craziest mods on it, but it had wealth and it just I didn't get anything great from it, but I had a lot. And so that was really cool. Really, really cool. And then the last uh last thing here that I wanted to bring up was um remember when we were going through and I was like, oh man, isn't it so awesome that they're dropping um, that, oh, what's it called? What are, they, what, are, what are those rares called? Oh, the alternate base types. I'm like, isn't that awesome that they're dropping alternate base types from just anywhere <laughs> in Heist? Not just the end, but at when the When I listened back chest. to it in that episode, I was like, I was right. Did I say that on an episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> man. So anyway, it was totally legit. They probably just changed it. But no. So anyway, but you can tell how often I played Synthesis because. That like glowy stuff that was around those items that I thought revealed to me that they were alternate base types. They're just synthesized items. It was not even just alternate base types. It was the uh, influenced. You thought that you were, and you, yeah, you, it was influenced items and that you were getting heist rewards. And I was like, yeah, I, I thought, I'm like, what a generous so. league. This is great. <laughs> I'm loving this. This is yeah. why you don't like heist. Good choices. Yeah, that's right. It's my bitterness. So anyway, I got my first taste of synthesized items because I barely played synthesis and uh, synthesis. I love it. Synthesis. <laughs> and I don't really see the maps that often. I don't really click on Zen as my main master that often. I rotate through them. So I don't really get a lot of synthesized maps outside of that. So it was cool to see that many look at them. And I'm like, oh, wow, I wish that got good mods. Fender. Yep. Anyway. Pretty awesome. Well, you did it. League passed. <laughs> Who needs a boss, right? Who needs a boss? All right. Now let's get into the real reason people came to episode 51. We're going to talk racing and we've got Brittany here. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming back and joining us. Well, thanks for the invite. Absolute pleasure to be here. So obviously Tyler and I are, you know, racing aficionados. Huge yes. racers. Yeah. We're very, you know, people are trying to beat our times all the time. Yeah. I think we have a couple records. I was about to say, records. I can't believe you're taking time <laughs> off of those world record grinds to spend, you know, 
time yep. just talking to me. I learned today, <laughs> this week, that you can control left click and passive point. I was just telling everybody that. Yeah. That that was a big, big uh, boost to my time there. For sure. Yep. No more approving my <laughs> my selection anymore. <laughs> no more it dialogue always drove me boxes crazy. for this guy. Yes. I would watch you guys like playing on stream and watch racers and it pissed me off. And I always wanted to ask, but I'm like, I'm not going to look stupid. And <laughs> no. I don't remember who told me in the end. And I wasn't going to Google it either. But when I learned it, I think maybe Ethan actually, maybe my kid told me, I don't remember, but I was like, what? How have I not known this? It's That's amazing. Great. Anyway, so uh, yeah, you've got obviously a race coming up, which I think you just announced. Maybe this is coming out Sunday. So yeah, so it's coming out on, or I announced it on Friday. No, Thursday. Today's Friday. Yep. The days all just blend together anymore. And uh, it's next Saturday, the 24th and 25th. And the race, the premise of the race is to sort of emulate a event that used to take place during uh, GGG's race seasons. The one that I know for sure it was in was Winterheart. Now, I wasn't around back then. So this is just hearsay and sort of like knowing by interviewing people that raced back then. But it's to bring back the alternate start race events. And this is something that we don't really have a lot of abilities to do just because the current league system is very limiting. Um, it's basically create a private league, maybe click some monster modifiers and just there you go. There it is. And while we've been able to have some like event creativity with this, we're, all, we're really, really limited in what we can do. We're constantly pushing the boundaries of like what can be done. So obviously the first thing was, all right, let's just do short-term races. Like let's go to Malachi and Kitaba and maybe let's go to level 80 or 90 or whatever. So we had like these sort of like very definitive race events that had very definitive endpoints. For a while that worked. I mean, it got people interested, especially with the camel races. Everyone got very, very good at running like map or running builds to 77, 78 and 80, 85 and 90. But just like the old events were varied in that some people were really good at some of them and some of um, like some people were really good at the little boss rushes. Other people were really good at like endless ledge or descent. And I kind of wanted to bring some of that back, which is why I'm starting with the alt start race. So the premise of alt start is back then you would either start in act two or act three with a predetermined set of gear, no passive points allocated. And um, like a default bandit choice. And then it would be to kill Piety or Dominus or something like that. So it'd be like you'd start mostly geared and you could make some quick decisions. You'd have like a preset build in your head and you just quickly allocate everything and go buy skill gems and then you'd go. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those that was kind of popular. It created a new environment for the first time because you didn't have to like make those early decisions. And I wanted to do something like that because I'm trying to go down the checklist of recreating every single event that I can from the olden days because I think it's a way to kind of bring people back to racing. Sure. And the other problem that I'm trying to solve is that with the current in-game system, there isn't a good way to do a in-game boss rush anymore. Now, Shaper used to take anywhere between like, I think 10 hours was the fastest Shaper. Maybe it was under 10. But people used to be able to access and kill bosses very quickly within a longer one day setting. And now the only boss that's in that requirement is Itsiri. That's it. Like normal Itsiri is the only one that you can hit in 10 hours and under. Unless you, I guess, are lucky enough to find a delve boss or something. But that's RNG anyways. 
The way I structured the alt start event is to do both at the same time, because why not? So day one is sort of setting up for the alt start. Players will start away, like start off like normal because they have to because it's a private league and there's nothing I can do about it. And they're going to level to a maximum of level 72. And they'll be able to do all three labs and get all the skill points and farm and do heists for gear or currency or whatever they want to do to set up. I'm actually just curious. So day one is getting to level 72 and all three labs. Yeah. So that they have five hours sure. for that. Easy. Five. What? Yeah. They okay, can do it. Sure. Trust me. They're, they're in, they're usually in I maps know. by I'm three hours and change. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So they, they have five hours for that. And I think I'm hoping they take advantage of the farming time because most will be done at like three hours and 30 to four hours. And so there's a lot you can get done in that time that you have left over. And I'm hoping people really take advantage of that. Either it's crafting some gear, maybe doing some heist, looking for a five link or that sort of thing. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be farming for a tabby because it's just not realistic to get one in an hour and a half. But day two is essentially the alt start. They'll start right before killing Kuktava, all at the same level with the gear that they've prepared, the same amount of labs, and then they're going to go kill Cyrus. So day two is from Kitava to Cyrus, and it's a, like a one step or so one sitting, that'd be about 12 hours, and they're pairs of two to kind of lighten the load. So this the idea behind this is that there's been a lot of like outcry in the past about races, you know, promoting really unhealthy behaviors, like that people are playing for 30 hours at a time, they're not taking breaks, they're not hydrating, they're not eating, whatever. Like there's like a bunch of, every single time we do a longer event, there's that sort of outcry. And so that's another thing that we're kind of solving with the alternate start is that it's two people um, working together on this. So if someone's like, hey, I got to go take a piss, like it's not going to be such a big deal. They're also coming into the day completely real, well rested. They're not trying to do like that first rush and then change gears and then go to mapping. And then if they need to like split up tasks, ta like different tasks and stuff like this guy's going to push the atlas and then this person's going to farm currency to then help the other person push the atlas. And there's ways to kind of separate those two processes. And so I think it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see the kind of strategies that we see come out of this. And I'm, I'm really just excited to see the different, like day one strats too, the farm strats. Like what are people going to go for? Are they going to go for gear? Are they going to go for currency? Are they going to try and push for like a five link somewhere or what? That's really cool. Is it going to be casted? We're working on it right now. The problem is, is it's very difficult to get any sort of caster to cast an event for longer than eight hours. Hmm. Streaming for eight hours is really easy. Well, it, it's relatively easy. <laughs> because <laughs> you have like interaction with your chat. Whereas, you know, if you are being a caster, eight hours is one, a really long time just to be entertaining without just like feeding off of your audience and being able to interact with them and chat and joke with them and that. So casting is like kind of this entirely different thing. And then on top of it, there's like really boring moments of Path of Exile where it's not like other esports sure. where you have like these constant matches with like little bits of lobby for like, you know, anal analysis. And then they go back into the action. You're given the play by play. Like it doesn't have the same flow. So there's a lot of challenges with casting for long periods of time, which is why shorter events are usually casted and longer events are not. We're going to try and get stuff um, open, but we're also working with one of our developers 
Vaderon slash Law of uh, POE Racing, the latter site. Uh, we're going to be working with Law to get um, integrations into the latter. So when you click on a team name, it'll take you to a multi-twitch of both channels. So like if you want to check in on how, let's say, Gucci and Steel team up again, you can click that, see the side-by-side, -side, you know, multi-twitch link of both of their streams. So you can see what they're up to. So we're going to try That's and really make cool. like different, I guess, accessibility points so that you can kind of like see where people are. We're going to be working with Pertinax again to bring in the Atlas bot, which is probably one of the coolest tools that's been made for racing so far. So the Atlas bot <laughs> is a bot that watches Twitch streams and it will watch them for like 40 seconds, 45 seconds or something like that. And if somebody opens their Atlas in that time, it takes a picture because it can recognize the compass in the center of the screen because that's what it's programmed to do. And so it goes, oh, hey, I know what I'm supposed to do. Click. And then it sends that that image off to us. So like we know what everyone's Atlas state is at any given time, too, as long as they're opening their Atlas on the stream, which they are. Sure. So it's really cool because then people are going to be able to click and and see like individual racer. Like so if you if you miss like you sleep for eight hours and you want to see who's who's like the closest, then you can kind of click through everyone's Atlas progression and see, too. Do they have to be streaming to race? This time, yes. And so like typically in the past when we've run events, especially through like the community aspect of things where I work with like community sponsors like Rex, we did two races back in um, May. And I think one was a closed event for like the qualified racers because it was a lot of really serious like short burst boss races for like individual money based on placement. But the the really cool event that we did on the 30th of May was a class event. So that was like my first like, all right, let's start mimicking what used to happen. So that was a demigod race where people won MTX based on how they placed within their individual class. So like the top three duelists all got MTX, like full MTX sets, not just like a helmet. And so that one was really cool. And typically speaking, like we've always tried to be understanding of everyone's individual circumstances and otherwise, as far as people not having the best machines that can also stream. That shouldn't exclude anyone from being having the potential to win cash that could help then in turn better their situation. The reason why we couldn't do it for this one is because we're also testing a new tool that is in development. And so that comes in response for the kind of cries that there needs to be races that have healthier hours. And so we're trying to develop a tool that will help with that. And it's basically something that's going to help keep an eye on everyone's profiles, kind of make sure that they're not changing their gear, that they're not logged online when they shouldn't be and all this other kind of stuff. And so by doing that, we can essentially freeze time in private leagues. So it'll be like we can do five five-hour sessions and whoever gets the best atlas wins or something like that i don't know what kind of events that can come from something like this but it's been something that's been requested by the community and a couple of the racers and stuff too so we're, we're trying to build that now that sounds really neat though. To, to test it we also need compliance because we have to create a a control right so even if if the bot works then nothing should happen. If the bot doesn't work, then everyone's doing what they should do anyways to, for us to ensure that nobody's cheating. So we have a kind of a, a more strict set of rules with this one. Like you have to use an account that you're not going to log into. Right. Like, so if you want to play normal heist then you got to like get on your race account and that kind of stuff. So we're hoping 
that none of none of it works one has got to work and then two no flags get set off and then and then we can be like yeah so we have this thing now pretty cool right sounds easy <laughs> i am very greatly oversimplifying uh, the, sure. the the developers that I work with are a very, very talented bunch and they put a lot of hard work in. Pertinex especially. I don't know what I'd do without him. So they leveled to 72 on the first day, mm-hmm. obviously. Easy. But how, so is it software then? Nope, it's hardcore. So what happens if you go over 72? You can, there's a, a recipe for something called the Book of Regression. And you can uh, vendor a scour and a wisdom scroll to de-level one level. <laughs> We knew that, obviously. <laughs> we, do, we, we use that all the time. Hey, Jess, you, you want to team up and uh, do uh, like some 72 stuff? Why is there a recipe for that? <laughs> That's awesome, though. Now, Justin, now when you're like, flying, no, Ty, I can't play. I got a level. Now it could be like, no, Jess, just take your regression juice. They have the thing where <laughs> when you join up. I just up, love it, Act 3 so much that I just want to yeah, de-level just stay there and forever. then re-level and then de-level. Why is that a thing? Stay hard. What's, the, what's the recipe for that? Do you know? For the, whatever that thing is, the regression. The bigger, it's the, a scour and a wisdom scroll. That's it? Mm-hmm. That's all it is? I got to make one. I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're pausing this. I what just, a, we got all stuff to do. I'm what a sure dumb orb. Why? Why? <laughs> what? No, what? it's not. Why on earth would you ever go back a level? I, I don't will, understand. I will tell you a neat application of this recipe. Oh, I would love to hear it. If you <laughs> take a brand new character and you run into Lion's Eye Watch, you quickly make a scour and you take your scour near your little wisdom scroll. You make a book of regression. You go back to level one. Now you interact with the vendor and all of the levels, like all the wands in her vendor are now eye level one, which have significantly less mods. And it's one of the easiest way to get a plus one gems wand early on. And then you just throw a craft on it. Like, like if you wanted to roll like a plus one C dot cold dot multi wand just to start off a league with. It's one of the easiest and most accessible ways to kind of like quickly craft that for your gear. Can't believe you didn't know that, Justin. <laughs> you know, what happens is when I leave Lions I Watch, I go straight to the next zone and I just continue <laughs> on. <laughs> now, is there a spot? In, I know this isn't race related, so my apologies. We'll no worries. Back to it, but is there a spot in your stash tab for that orb thing? No, it's a book. So it looks like the skill point book. Oh, so it's and just then it just goes a, on yeah. your- no, no, you just have to use it. And so for like, I think it takes up four slots in your inventory. Oh, if you're like halfway yeah. through a level and you use it, does it just put you to the beginning of the, like yeah. I'm at 72 and a half and I use it, where am I going? It, it takes you back all the way to the beginning. Of 72 or 71? 72. Oh, that sounds like the dumbest. <laughs> <laughs> I think of why I would ever want to use that. Well, I can't. I think that's hilarious See, that it just exists. Told you, she just told you a fantastic reason. Well, I don't think fantastic is the word. Yeah, you, I, I remember like two leagues ago, you're like, I need a plus one. Yeah, I just want a plus one. Yeah, but I got it. You could have had it right at the beginning. <laughs> could have. Whatever. Hey, what's taking anyway, so long? Uh, just it's, get myself back to level one. I would just- <laughs> no, you run a new character and you just don't regress all the way back down. <laughs> yeah, you schmuck. Well, I know that, but still. <laughs> I, See, this is what it's like. Okay, all the time is what it's like. So what happened was there is some person in QA and they walked up and they're like, yo, why can't I de-level? And they're like, really? And then QA (laughs) was like, really? I need to do this or your game is literally unplayable. And they're like, all right, we'll make a stupid recipe. And they gave it to some intern. Do players that are in this race have to regress to the beginning of 72 then? 
Um, we do have a wiggle room so that if people like want to like farm some like heist content now has XP rewards, for example. Say, for example, they just spend a lot of time, a lot of their extra hour and a half and heist and heisting and all that other kind of stuff and they get too far. That's mostly what the books of regressions are for. Other people watching um, or like kind of closely monitoring their XP. We have the, the cutoff is actually 437 million experience, which is roughly 10% into level 72. So you have a zero to 10% into the level, basically wiggle room so that it's not and like. And you can track that? Yeah, the ladder. Um, well, ladders and privately, so oh, we'll always show right. you somebody's right. total yeah, XP. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's a cool idea. That's a really cool idea. Sounds like a lot of work. How many people are going to be in the league? Uh, we don't know yet. Guessing? Um, I, I'm hoping we have like anywhere between five and ten teams, but I'm really not sure at this point. I, I don't think people are going to need much convincing to do something other than heist, you know, due to just like, like the general feelings and consensus about it. But then again, it's also a pretty different boss. Like it's a pretty different format and not every single racer is a like somebody that wants to do in-game bossers. Like we have a lot of what we call are the speedrunners, which are people that basically don't know what maps are. Like there's maps in their inventories and they're like, what are these strange things? Because they just, they focus on like Act 5 and Act 10 and that's about it. Um, and like everything in between, of course. Well, that's because that's really all that's existed now for quite a long time. Right. So there's been some like longer events in the past, like the the camel races usually went to like 78, 80, 85, 90. And then there was a, a group cell found or a group race to so level 100. There was a couple Awakener events now, that kind of stuff. So there, there's been a mix, but yeah, predominantly speaking... A lot of the racing has been really focused on the story. What's uh? You, you mentioned this when we talked last time too, and I I don't know why I forgot. What's a camp camel? I'm pretty sure it came up in one of our episodes later. Where we were both like, <laughs> but I don't remember what's a camel, camel or race, camel. and we had to Google it. <laughs> so camel is the name of an organizer, and he is also a racer too. And he has since retired from organizing, and did a like a I don't know a victory lap in my relay race that was last month I don't even remember anymore and you know helped out did the relay race for charity and all that kind of stuff but I don't know if he'll be raising this one for serious or not what happened was in our in our interview with Octavian he said something about a camel race and both of us were like oh yeah sure right <laughs> and then <laughs> I think we brought it up in in Brittany's episode where we were both like we had to Google okay, it. That's we, enough. There's no camel in POE. <laughs> this guy's crazy. <laughs> but right. we now know. We now know. Yeah. And, and so they're just races that were kind of like how he would do them or normally set them up. His were mostly like two level whatever. He's kind of what started the revival of the racing scene, I guess you would say. Like, because they, they said, all right, we're done. No more racing. But here's some private leagues, though. And everyone was like, well, what the fuck is this? But the first camel race was actually probably the most viewed racing event outside of ExileCon. I remember the viewership being like in the tens of thousands, maybe. Maybe I'm misremembering, but it was a lot of people tuning into this for the first time. And um, so the events aren't that big anymore. Um, it's really hard to sustain the scene and the hype and everything else that goes into it on your own, considering this is all community run mostly community funded but you know Ziz has like some big sponsors come in and he can do some really awesome big events every once in a while but camel's races are usually once a month 
kind of went from once a month to once a league. And it was just, you know, to a set point. So 78, 80, 85, like whatever was the the flavor of the week. 90, it was, I think the first one was to 90, but that was really long to cast. I think it's time to start practicing. Team up, hey, Just. Oh, my God. I'll do the campaign. I think racing is actually good for everybody, but not that everyone has to be good at racing. There's a lot of strategies that are part of getting better at racing that will help just about everybody improve their story time. And so I think it's worth it if you don't like the story and just want it to get it over faster or just want to be more efficient in general. I think there's a lot that you can learn from either Tai Tai's videos or some of the walkthrough explanations and such like that. I think because I, I have a I have a written guide that's for leveling, but that's for like people that take two to three days and want to get down to 12. And then if you can do that, then you can start interacting with like some of the um, like the racing guides that are going to take you from like 12 hours to eight or 12 hours to six and go from there. I I remember the old like old school races that GGG did. And I remember loving that you would create a character. You'd be sitting on the coast. Everybody's logged in. Everybody's just like this body general chat starts going crazy as the countdown starts and then everybody just goes like it was really fun and there wasn't a huge player base so i felt like i was i remember playing with a buddy and we actually did decently yeah Uh, now there's a lot of people and they're very very good at it but i it was a lot of fun even for somebody who sucked at it but now there's control left click just you got it that's true (laughs) there's nothing else only i had that before (laughs) you got you got to write a guide The overall accessibility of the old race seasons is kind of one of the main focal points in trying so desperately to keep the scene alive. When I first started getting involved with the racing scene, I was first involved as a caster. And in my not wanting to make a complete ass out of myself, I just started doing a lot of interviews with racers because I just wanted to know more about what the heck I was getting myself into. Because I started in 3.0 and I didn't even know what racing seasons were. Like I had no knowledge about it. I didn't know anything about it. And aside from people run really fast through the story, that was pretty much the extent of my knowledge of racing. And so in interviewing so many of the other racers, they just kept talking about the race seasons, the race seasons, the race seasons, descent, endless ledge, you know, alt starts. Like these are the things that everybody missed. And like, why can't we have that? Private leagues suck. And that was like kind of like what I heard each time and followed by I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. And I'm not a racing lady. I have a very limited set of skills as far as like what I have to offer a scene like that. But I had time and I had a lot of it. And I wanted to, I really wanted to get involved and start trying to figure out how we could keep the scene going for as long as possible. Because the idea was to get enough viewership back into it and to improve the overall viewer experience of racing in general to make people really excited to tune in. To try and if we couldn't necessarily emulate that sort of excitement and hype that you describe as far as signing up for the races and getting involved with it, then maybe we could kind of like knit that same feeling around the viewer experience of it. So like people being excited that Saturday there's going to be a race and order a pizza and watch it, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like that's what we were trying to go for. That's what shaped a lot of what we did early on as far as development was concerned, as far as like the casting tool, um, the Atlas bot and all that kind of stuff. 
That sounds awesome. And so the I get a piece of watch. <laughs> the idea was, you know, we limp this along, we get enough people still talking about this, then maybe, like, especially after ExileCon, we like with that the, I think they had like ninety thousand people watching or something like that. It was crazy. Maybe if we can continue to have events like if Camel hadn't done what he did and say, you guys, you know what? Fine, we'll make our own races. There wouldn't have been a race at ExileCon. It was like a combination mm. of this perfect storm of everyone deciding to save the scene at the same time and all of this mostly like pretty much working together to do it all in our different ways. Camel had history with all the other different racers. They'd been doing SSF to 100 races as well as being part of the old racing seasons and everything like that. Like everyone knew each other. And then there were some of us with like technical know-how and everything else that came in behind it. And just, it was, it was a neat time. Like last year was so much fun. If we weren't planning for a race, we were working on tools. And if we weren't working on tools, there was usually some race that we were getting ready to do. Is that different this week? Racing for the most part slowed down a lot after ExoCon. So after ExoCon, there was a hiatus. There was like that Awakener event too that happened. It was like a... Oh man, that was a it was a bit of a mess, but it was also really cool at the same time because it was testing like a long term format, and so the Awakener race was released right after ExoCon, and we had the twenty four seven coverage until somebody killed it, which was pretty insane. A lot of organization went into that because it it presented a lot of challenges, which was really cool. But after the Awakener race, there was kind of like this like petering out of it wasn't really interest. It was like at the end of ExoCon, especially after the race, Chris got up on the stage and he was saying, we're going to make racing a focus in 2020. And so like, especially after Awakener came out and it was like kind of through the Christmas league, there was like a couple smaller races and all this other kind of stuff. But like through the beginning of this year, we were kind of just waiting. Like I put my application in and all that other kind of stuff. And we were just kind of, all right, where is it? Like, if you're going to say that, you, why would you say that without having something like at least in, in you know, the cannon ready to fire? Like, we even if it wasn't big, even if it was like, we're adding new mods to private leagues, it would have been something, right? And so like, we were kind of like some of the camel was burnt out. We were also seeing what they were going to say, like if they were going to bring us any new features and everything like that. And so like, there was this like, kind of like the waiting period began. And racing didn't really kick back up into action until like April, May. And it's been it's been relatively steady on. There's a bunch of events last league. This league is shaping up so far. There's stuff I can talk about and other stuff that's being planned that I can't. But beyond, um, there's an organizer called Soupline who specializes in short, fun uh, races every Friday. So if you want to get into racing and aren't wanting to do it in a more serious environment just to see, you know, who it is, it's like a really fun little community race. Hmm. And then I'm going to be doing, I think, three events. I have the Alt-Start race planned. I went to try and find funding to do another Demigod race because I think those were really fun. And then probably because that one will be completely open to the community for everyone to sign up and go. And then I want to do another like boss rush day for our speedrunners. A lot of these events lately haven't been really centered around what they like to do. So we had like the the gauntlet for the China client, then the gauntlet for our client and some of these other longer races. So they didn't get anything last league. And then my first event is a kind of a longer race too. So is the is the state of racing from GGG's perspective still the same? Kind of stale? Nothing's happening? 
they're interested in it. I'm I'm just trying to like very carefully tread the waters as far as what I've actually been told. Um, sure. They're interested, and there's a lot of people that are advocating for racing within the company that are in like as I guess passionate about it staying a part of PUE's overall sphere as we are. The problem right now is their development cycle and PUE too. Just like you know, just like body or like your body in shock will shunt blood away from your extremities in order to save like your heart, your lungs, your your core essential bits. That that's the medical term. They're stripping away uh like development from pretty much everything that they can in order to preserve the league cycle and then POE too. And we see how, especially with this league itself, we see how perilous that balance is right now that they have already stripped so much away from like no more flashback no more races no more like a lot of this stuff no more build of the week no more like there's all these little fun things that they used to do that there's just none of that anymore and this is all a consequence of the fact that they have this really grueling development cycle on top of making you know the game that's apparently gonna fix everything can't wait I have my own thing to say about that, too. If you remember to ask me, that's a soapbox for another time. Write it down. <laughs> Got it. So it's just, it, they're kind of just like us at this point in time. They want it, and they they still want it to be a part of the, the community and the the overall like stuff that they offer, but they just can't manage it right now. And their intention is to like hire people and do race development and all that other kind of stuff. Like I put multiple proposals in front of them because <laughs> that's what I do for fun. <laughs> I write up race league proposals and all these other sorts of things like to kind of bap them with the newspaper every once in a while. Like, hey, we exist. Please listen. Uh, we want these features. Yes, no. And it's always no. But, you know, it's that constant reminder that we're here. And still want it. Yep. Couldn't. From now, maybe this is just me being naive, but from their perspective, couldn't they just decrease the costs of private leagues to make it at least easier for you guys to do more races? Even if they didn't do anything from a development side right now, wouldn't decreasing the cost of private servers have a, an impact on what you could do? Because it's a massive part of the cost. I have asked several times about lowering the overall cost because when it's when it's a really large event, basically put on by a larger streamer that has a lot of viewership and other people that are willing to like kind of like have that nice community response to a cost, whether it's everyone chipping in a little or a couple people chipping in a lot. They have the sort of like the benefit of being able to mobilize people towards handling that cost and it's not so impactful. But when you have smaller organizers that are routinely up against that sort of like instrumental insurmountable cost of a league like a 1000 person league is $600 um a 2000 person league is 1300 like there are absolutely astronomical like costs that we're talking about when we're talking about someone that's like hey i heard you need people to put on races i have 500 extra dollars this weekend can we do a run like can we do an event with that and like i have a budget of $500 that i got to make happen so that's um that really limits what I can do with that person because that's kind of how I interact with the community is like when people want to do something like I help. But like I certainly <laughs> I don't have a lot of money. 
So I can't, I can't it really do it It would have a big impact though, wouldn't it? It would absolutely have a huge impact. And I, I've asked, I have, I've asked and skirted around the question in like 15 different ways and never gotten a good answer. I was like, what about a cost ceiling on private leagues? Where if it was like, if you paid up until 500 slots, then it would automatically unlock to the max. What if we just overall reduce the size by or like reduce the cost by 20%? How much like server load do the private leagues really cost you as, you know, as developers? Is that cost justifiable to the like the points that we're spending? And of course, these are all answers that were never answered. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I can't see them ever actually giving you a straight answer, but it would be really nice to know because the I can't imagine they sell a ton of private servers. And if you made it more affordable and at least I, again, I have no idea what their financial setup is for the private servers, but there is no way that they should be costing as much as they do. No, nope. I don't think. No. I think it's silly. I really think it's silly too. Um, which is why I've been trying to encourage the splitting of race leagues and private leagues because I think there's still a time and a place for private leagues. Um, the biggest example is like the longer events, whether it's something like Ziggy's league start event that he does. Like he does a big league start where there's I think it's like usually more than it's like five hundred plus people are in a private league at the beginning of the league when they want to play in a smaller economy but still have enough people around. Um, there's like that kind of thing. And that's really attractive for private league systems. And then like, for example, I do, uh, it's kind of a race, but it, I do something called the bingo league. That's every single league. And bingo league is when there's a set of challenges in a five by five grid. And you have to do five challenges in a row, column or diagonal. And they range in all sorts of different abilities, talents, and otherwise. Like sometimes you kill bosses. Sometimes you try and craft something. Sometimes you find a certain item. Like there, there are all sorts of challenges. And you have you have 10 days to do it. Um, so like those kind of events are really beneficial for the private league system staying as is. That's why I think it needs to be split. Like have a race league where, you know, you have the different options that you can tick off and then it lasts 12, 24 or 36 hours and then it voids right at the end of it. And you don't keep the characters. Nothing stays. It's just because that's the only way to take the load off of it. If you're going to be rapidly generating leagues, if every league had a squish then that would be like an immense server load. Think about all those tabs dumping over and over and over again. I just think they should be cheaper. I think they would get more people doing them. And I think it would be beneficial, not even like to just the random people that want to play in a private league, but for you guys doing races, even for us, like we want to do the private leagues with our group every league, which we're going to do, but still they're not cheap. No, they're not. I can't imagine having to do like, <laughs> there's no chance I would do one for a thousand people. That's insane. That's what our, um, our demigod race was. And then it was all, like, Rex is amazing. Rex actually not only fronted the entire cost of the private league, but also all the MTX as well. One guy was like, I love wow. racing so much, and I want you guys to enjoy racing, that I'm going to throw $2,300 at this so you guys can have a fun day. Enjoy. Wow. That's like a less than 0.01% of the population kind of guy. Sure. So like that's people fantastic. like that are wonderful. That's, that's amazing. I remember when private leagues were first announced and I got so excited. I'm like, Oh, how neat is this? I mean, Justin will never go for it, but I mean, the concept is cool. I can't wait to do them. Saw the prices. I'm like, Oh, wonder what they'll be like. <laughs> Cause I'm never going to do it. <laughs> even, even from just from the casual perspective, let alone 
all the all the things that you can do with them, including racing. Yeah. My argument has been that I don't think it actually puts much of a load on their servers at all. I because you are taking so players away from an existing server to play. You know what I mean? Like I'm not playing in two locations at the same time. I'm not using up any additional resources. I'm just playing on a different location. I just, yeah, I don't buy the prices. I kind of mentally handle it too, because I have no, like one of the things that's a challenge with working with the developers is that they understand like exactly how different things work. And I have really like sort of very vague understandings. And my very vague understanding of the way private leagues work is that like just like there's instances of different areas within the game, the private league is basically an instance of the game on the different servers. And so like as long as the player load isn't changed in certain ways, so as long as there's not so much of a player load in that instance, it's fine, which is why they've been able to increase the cap on it. Um, like, so this last time when Zizarin did the big event, everyone was mad because it capped at 200, 200 spots and they've since lifted that cap because they need to test and like, they'll keep adding 1000 to the cap until they decide that it's not stable anymore. So I don't know if those like sort of, you know, private league instances are somehow different than normal PoE servers or what, like I, or I, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, besides retention. You know, like how leagues obviously have a, a an effect on retention and people playing for longer. Do the leagues tend to affect racing at all? Absolutely. When leagues are really popular and exciting and engaging, races start later. And when leagues are really boring or not something that people want to play, the racing starts earlier. Um, so pretty much when everyone's kind of had enough is when the like people start to get edgy and like antsy and want to do something. And so when we see this kind of messages start to pop up, that's usually when organization begins. Some of the other stuff has to be planned like many weeks in advance, especially when you're working with specific sponsors, because there's like big turnaround times on that kind of stuff. For the most part, like throwing a little event together over the weekend, like the race day, it costs like four to six hundred dollars. And that takes like less than probably like eight hours for me to plan and get everything pulled together for you. So it's really a low load on me. It's just, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of people like Rex that are like, I've got $400. You want to do something yeah. fun for other people and definitely not ourselves. Like <laughs> how many people does a $400 get you? Well, I mean, it, it depends because like you can open up and have most of your, if you, if you cut away, there's a fine balance between the league itself and the cost for the racers, whether it's prize pool, money slots or like slots or whatever, and production. Production takes money, too, because you got to pay the casters for their time. Um, you got to like make sure your support crew know that they're looked after. Even if, and it's not like we're running like astronomical budgets here, like we're, we're hardly paying anybody what they're worth. But it's important to make sure everyone gets something, though. At least that's the, the business model that I operate in every single race that I organize. For sure. Because there's been more like, I don't know, and sort of like tiptoeing into different parts of other esports scenes. There's a lot of um, volunteer work and stuff that's not paid. Like, hey, if you want to help out with this race and people desperately wanting to put their foot in the door in the esport world, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll help with this event. They never get paid. They don't get recognition. They don't get anything. They're just churned and burned for their passion time and otherwise. Since we are essentially fostering and growing this scene, this scene from scratch, then I think this is like a lead by example thing. So I just try to make sure that we are putting that best example forward when it comes to organizing and then handling our crew. Cool. 
So this upcoming race is the 24th and 25th? Yep. So it'll start at 4 p.m. UTC, which is, I think... Google it. Someone noon Google my it. time. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then seven hours behind for you, so nine... I'm sure you, I'm sure you'll have a link, right? Yeah, there's a time and date and all that other kind of stuff on the the forum for the announcement of the race. Sweet. Um, we'll link that down below as well. It, so if people want to watch it, are they just watching? Are you guys going to have that thing where you can maybe watch the multi stream or where's the best um, place for so them to check out? So there's a couple out? different things that I'm working on to try and handle this problem of viewership on a late race that needs to be like offline. And so we are going to try and integrate the links directly into the ladder website, POE or dash in the air. I don't know. What, what is it called? Just dash? I don't know. POE-racing.com. That's run by Law or Faderon. He goes by both. And so we're going to try and have as much integration through that website as possible, whether it's like click on the team name and then see the multi-twitch that has both streams pulled up at the same time. You'll be able to click on a button and see their atlas state. So if you want to see how many watchstones team A has that's, you know, slightly ahead of team B, then you can kind of see how neck and neck they are because this is a, a race to awakener. So who has what watchstones is actually a really key part of this is like who's ahead, who has 18, who has 19, who has 20. That's cool. And then the other thing that I'm trying to approach it for is there's these things called Twitch teams. And for the most part, they're for like people and sponsors and stuff like that to then group their streamers together. But anybody that's a Twitch partner can make a Twitch team and it creates its own landing page of everyone that's involved with that team. And people can be in as many teams as possible. So it's not going to fuck up anyone who has any existing sponsors. But like that page, if we got all of the qualified racers to join the team, then people would literally be able to look at like kind of like a baby Twitch page that would they would sit in there and there'd be an entire list of racers on the, like in a That's scroll cool. bar. And so you could just click through and discover new racers, watch other people, et cetera. Cool. All right. Well, we'll put all that information down below. Uh, we got to wrap up episode 51. Do you want to join us in After Dark? Sure. Sounds good. Sweet. Woo. All right. So, yeah, this has been episode 51, Forever Exiled. I'm Justin AK Tags. I'm Tyler Wrecker of Days. Thank you, BK, for joining us. Thanks for having me. You can find out more information down below, website foreverxl.com. We're on Twitter, foreverxl82. We got our Patreon link below, our Discord link below. We'll see you in 52. Peace. BK. BK. BK is in the house. Okay. <laughs>